and we are live. So welcome to the Wolf and Bear podcast. For those of you returning, welcome back. For those who are new, you're very, very welcome. I have a very, very special guest tonight. It is none other than GB paraclimber and Scottish champion, Keith Lynch. Keith, how are you doing, sir? I'm very well, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you on my second podcast. I wish I had a number one, but Lee nicked you. You just got in there just in time. Yeah, so. yeah, <sighs> yeah. it's always second to best, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you been doing over lockdown, Keith? What's been happening? Uh, not, not a lot. I've just been kind of keeping myself busy, keeping quiet and try to keep my nose clean and be good and all that kind of thing. <laughs> That's it, keep a low um, profile. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been pretty difficult over the last 12 months or so for obvious reasons and trying to keep yourself busy, keep yourself motivated and yeah, you know what, we've, we've got we've got there and um, we can see light at the end of the tunnel now. Um, yeah, 100%. Things are kind of looking up, shall we say. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who, who haven't heard of you, um, you give a little bit of background on um, your sort of career as a climber and um, how you got to where you are and maybe tell us a little bit about um, Scottish Paraclimbing Club, which you've got that beautiful branded t-shirt on, which I'm, I'm proud to see. <laughs> had, had to wear it tonight, absolutely. Um, my career as a climber, oof, it's, I guess it's fairly short in comparison to, to some climbers. Um, I started climbing probably 2014, maybe about eight or nine months after I lost my leg. Um, I went to a kind of come and try event which Mountaineer in Scotland had arranged at Ratho. Really, really enjoyed it and kind of got into it from there. Um, started entering a few competitions, got myself a coach, um, got not bad, won a few competitions, got asked onto the GB's um, development squad. From there, um, I got a place in the full squad and I competed on international level for two years with GB. Um, Amazing. From there, I kind of got into coaching and then I decided to start the Scottish Paraclimbing Club. Um, we've been going since 2017, November 2017 now. So it's, in, in terms of career, it's been quite a short career, but... Um, Hopefully we've got many, many years in front of me, um, especially with the, the, the club and giving others with disabilities the opportunity to get involved in climbing and taking it as far as I want to take it. That's kind of where I'm looking to, to go now is pushing other people as hard as they want to be pushed. Absolutely. It's an, it's an incredible, incredible journey. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to work with you on, you know, starting the Scottish Paraclimbing Club and it was fantastic to meet you. I think we first met in Ratho actually at um, at one of the events there and for people who don't know, Ratho, which is the International Climbing Centre in Edinburgh, it's one of, or if not the biggest climbing facility in the planet. It's absolutely massive and it's a a bit of a shock to anybody who hasn't been there. It's it's an incredible facility. It's it's, it's quite an amazing place. I think Officially, it's probably the, the biggest in Europe. Um, spe- de- definitely for uh, a kind of was an old outdoor quarry, um, which was turned into an, an indoor arena. And it, it is, you know, if it, for anybody that's never been, I would certainly recommend you go in. As you walk in, you walk into the atrium, and there's just all these big, massive windows which look out into the quarry. 
and you're standing right up at the top about eight, maybe 60, 70 feet up, looking down on the climbing arena, it's just, it's fantastic. I always remember the, the first time I walked in there and I went up to the windows and just looked at the view, you know, it's just like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah. now, you know, when it when it's open, I spend half my life there now. Yeah, it's an, unbe it's an unbelievable place and it certainly is inspiring. And as as are you, Keith, I mean, your journey is, is quite incredible. It is remarkable your progression in such a short period of time. Um, you mentioned there you, you lost your leg and you found climbing. Was that was it a sport that you'd already dabbled in or was it something that you just found? Not not really. I had I had been I had climbed at Alien well, probably when in late teens. And you know, it was back then I was more into kind of um ice hockey. I played professional ice hockey and stuff like that. So that that back back when I was younger, that was my thing. Yeah. Um I hadn't really climbed at all before that. No, not really. So um and kind of look, looking back, I wish I wish I had started climbing oh years, you know, when, when I was younger. Um it certainly it certainly would have taken me to different places. Absolutely. Um, probably being a different person now as well. Oh, so yeah. And what is it that drew you into climbing specifically? Was it just, uh, I mean, it is for anyone who hasn't climbed before, I must say it is an unbelievable sport. And if you haven't done it, yeah. I thoroughly recommend it, whether it's at your local climbing gym, whether it's with um, experienced climbers and they're bringing you outside and they're, they're teaching you how to belay and they're teaching you the, how to climb safely. you got to get involved. It is an unbelievable sport. What was it specifically yeah. that drew you into the sport? Um, I, I think... For, for myself, it was probably um, the people in Ratho. Um, everybody that I've met in the arena has just been really, really nice. And, you know, they want to help you and um, just keep you going in the sport. And it's one of these sports where it's, it's a really close-knit community. It doesn't matter whether you're in Edinburgh or whether you're in Plymouth, you'll know somebody. And there's there's... There's no kind of, I'm better than you and, you know, this and that. It's all about how can I help you progress? You know, people are just really nice and, and they just want to help you along the way. Um, I've made some really, really amazing uh, friends in climbing and met some phenomenal people all over the world. And it is, it is just one of these sports that kind of grabs you and hooks you in and keeps you going. And it's also, it's quite therapeutic as well when, you know, when, when you're climbing, um, it just completely wipes your mind of everything that has gone on that day or Absolutely. your worries, you know, if you're worrying about something, as soon as you're on the wall, that just disappears. All you want to do is climb, concentrate on the movements, um, different yeah. types of holds and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just fantastic. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful sort of combination of physical strength, full body physical strength. I mean, mm -hmm. you get on the climbing wall, you realise you, <laughs> your working muscles you didn't know existed, you'd be sore in yeah. places you didn't think were possible um but it's also i always find it's it's a little bit of problem solving as well um you know it's very very social for an individual sport it's maybe the most social sport that i've ever been involved in i mean as you mentioned yeah, the people are unbelievably friendly and unbelievably helpful when you go into a climbing gym there's no there's no eagles in the gym there's, there's no that's the thing you find in climbing there's no huge egos there's people that are really, really good and they're at the top of their game and, you know, they're, they're still wanting to help people coming into the sport that have never climbed before. Um, you know, they're, they're not kind of look at me, I'm, you know, 
none of that. It's it's all it's all really really good positive energy. Absolutely, and I mean, we're blessed in a way that climbing has sort of come into the into the forefront of people's attention in the last probably five years or so, um, with the sort of evolution of social media and with some of the heroic feats of the likes of Alex Honnold, which some people may have heard of, and Tommy Caldwell. Yeah. I mean, do you think those guys have put climbing on the map, or um, how do you see it developing? They, they certainly have contributed to it, that's, that's for sure. Um, I mean, what, what these guys have done in, in El Cap, um, mentally, um, they're, they're going to be a, a lot more um, mentally stronger than anybody else on the planet to do that kind of thing, that's for sure. But in terms of putting climbing on the map, they've absolutely um, contributed to that, that's for sure. Um, but as you say, climbing has come on in the last five years or so, as you see with social media and stuff like that, and YouTube videos and um, things that pe people like Adam Ondra and you know Alex Magos, um, Margot yeah. Hayes, you know these these people are um, promoting the sport in a really positive manner, and uh, the way the way it kind of should be promoted. Um, people look at climbing now um, as a, a really cool thing to do and something that they want to get into. Rather, maybe back in the 80s and early 90s when they, they looked at climbing as one of these sports that um, people have got a death wish of, you know, want, wanting to do it. Um, because I, I guess they were constantly pushing, pushing the limits back then with a limited type of equipment, whereas the, you know, the safety equipment and everything has has moved on kind of leaps and bounds in, in the last maybe 10, 15 years or so. Oh, and, uh, especially climbing outdoors, but indoor climbing has um, has come on hugely. Um, look at all the bouldering gyms that are, that are opening up all over the place. Even during COVID, there's 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 three um, three walls getting built in Scotland. There's another wow. boulder wall over in Hamilton getting opened up soon. And, you know, they're just, they're popping up everywhere. They really are. And the sport, as, as you say, you know, it's not just working one muscle. You're giving your your whole body um, physically and mentally a workout. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd recommend it for anybody. You know, I, I preach physical activity as a, as a great, great um, activity to improve your mental health and, you know, to ensure you've got a positive well-being. And for those of you who maybe go to the gym and you don't enjoy it or you've tried dancing or you've tried ice skating or whatever it may be if you haven't been to the climb wall get yourself down when everything opens because it is a full body workout it's a mental workout and um, you'll meet some great people um you know you'll you'll make some friends and you know you, you'll problem solve as well and like you say you can't, <laughs> you're on a climbing wall and you're 10 20 30 40 foot up you've got no time to think about the office like you're locked in and no no absolutely not <laughs> vision and, you're you're yeah, you're, you're, you're focusing everything on what you're doing at that moment in time. And yeah, it's claiming is my kind of get out. If, you know, if, if I've had a hard day or a hard week, as soon as I'm on the wall, I just forget all about it. And it's just spending time with amazing people and really, really good friends uh, is, is, is good for your mental health as well. You know, it's just surrounding yourself with positive people really, really helps you. Absolutely. When you say climbing, did give you a focus after the accident? You know, we you say you you threw yourself into climbing, or was it just something that you just enjoyed and you just you know thought you'd give it a go and you got good at it? I think it was just a natural progression from you know the first kind of come and try session that I had with Mountaineer in Scotland. Um, 
I, I think the first person that I probably spoke to was Kev Howitt. And I guess we kind of clicked because we spoke for ages. Um, from there, I think I went back to Rathlow the week after. Um, and I was just, I was climbing the autobillies. And, you know, you just get talking to people. And before you know it, you're, you're climbing with somebody on the wall. Um, I can't even remember who it was. I, I climbed with loads and loads of people when I first started. Um, no, I can't remember who it was. And they're going to watch this and they're going to say, how can you not remember me? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah, kind of a natural progression. And it was something that I, I really enjoyed and I just kind of wanted to get um, more involved in. And, and I did. And how did that evolution occur from, you know, come and try climber to being in a, a GB squad, a development squad, becoming the, the Scottish champion in 2016, I believe? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and what was the evolution? Was, was it training camps, competing? Pardon? Or, and was that an evolution of going to training camps, competing, getting picked up? Yeah, it was... It was I, I, I had um, a friend through a friend. I met a guy called Dave Brown, who is now a really good friend of mine, and um, I had kind of approached him through... It was a friend of a friend through skydiving. Dave used to be a skydiver as well. Um, his his daughter um, Jodie was a climber and Dave was quite quite a good climber as well in his time so I said you know what's the chances of coaching me so we got together and we, we climbed three times a week and between Dave and various other people in the arena um, I started learning I started listening and um, the progression just kind of went from there it was it's like I guess if you do any sport often enough and you try hard, you're going to learn and you're going to get better. Um, you've got Absolutely. to want it as well, I guess. You, you know, you've got to really enjoy it and want to do what 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 you're what you're asking your body to do. So yeah. it was it was all you know. It was like focusing on what Dave was telling me, and listening to other people, and learning. And you know, it's not just a case of scrambling yourself up the wall. There's a lot more to it than that. You know, you're. Um, different movements, different positions, different holding holds in different ways and pulling your body into the wall and all that kind of thing. But um, from there, um, yeah, it was just kind of, I, I wanted to compete. I wanted to get into competitions. Yeah. And that's why I got in touch with Dave to kind of help me out. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it was just. Um, a smooth transition. It was, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a, a, a kind of, I took to it pretty well. You know, yeah. when you kind of, you, you take up a sport, you, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Or maybe not hate it, but just just think, yeah, it's all right, but I'd rather be doing something else. Well, climbing was brilliant and that's all I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, it's it addictive. Like, you know, it's very addictive oh, climbing. I mean, you yeah, get hooked on it yeah. pretty quick. And how did the how did the evolution come about with regards to, did you feel there's a shift in your mindset when you became a, a sort of recreational climber to uh, a you know a competition climber. Do you feel like okay now I need to look after my recovery. I need to start you know implementing the coach. I need to train three times a week. I need to do a bit of strength and conditioning. Was there a shift from starting to do well where you thought right I need to knuckle down here. I've got an opportunity to do well. Yeah yeah absolutely. So from kind of winning my first competition, the the it was like it was kind of my body kind of shifted up a gear and my mindset changed. Mm -hmm. So it was from kind of training three times a week and just kind of 
focusing on basic things, if you like, and trying to hold name into kind of um, really um, specifying training sessions. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday I would be in the gym, Wednesday I'd be in the wall, Friday I'd be in the gym, and then Sunday I'd be in the wall. And yeah. you, you were focusing on diff different things, different muscle groups, etc. cetera. Um, on one, one day on the wall, I would do just conditioning training. So it's just basically up, down, up, down, up, down. And the next day on the wall, I'd focus on strength. So bouldering, um, climbing up the limit, um, trying hard. Um, the, the, the training sessions were, were mixed up. And yeah. I guess um, I, uh, even things like down to my, kind of my diet and nutrition, I started thinking about all that kind of thing. Yeah. But as you know, as as I'm thinking about all that kind of thing, um, things started getting harder as I do because you want you know you want more and more, and you're trying harder and harder. Um, so I've I've had a few injuries, I've had a few shoulder injuries and back injuries and stuff like that. So I've had a few setbacks, um, as you do in any support any sport, I guess. Yeah. And um, what is the, what is the mindset of overcoming an injury? Is it you know, rehab, are you quite disciplined in overcoming that? I know it's it's easy enough no, to... No, no, at all. <laughs> I guess if I was quite quite disciplined in overcoming it, I'd be a lot better than what I am now. But no, I just wanted to climb me. So, you know, you know what it's like. You've got the physios, like Teresa, um, muscle movement company in Rathlow. If you've got an injury, by the way, go and see Teresa. She is fantastic. Um, you know, she's sorting me out, giving me exercises to do. Like, right, thanks, Teresa. I'll wait the wall, wait the climbing again. I was like, oh, Teresa, yeah. I've hurt myself again. She's yeah, like, oh, damn it, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> your life. It's, it, is a, it is addictive. Yeah. And I think with climbing, it's repetitive movements, you know, so you get very specific injuries. And probably unlike, yeah. the, you know, maybe somebody who goes to the gym or maybe a, a football player, um, from my experience, certainly uh, climbing, there's a lot of finger injuries, shoulders, Fingers, tendons, shoulders, and. Yeah. It's the it's the smaller muscle groups which you know which get a hard time and that's why yeah. you know warming up is massively important the cool down all the things that you preach anyway but when you go into a cold climbing wall you've got to get ready. Oh yeah yeah definitely rattle can be bloody cold in the winter time <laughs> but no you're right it's uh, warming up and cooling down is something that um, was kind of imprinted on me at a very very early stage in my climbing career which I still do to this day but probably not as I probably don't do as well a warm up as what I should do yeah. nowadays. But uh, yeah, you know what it's like. <laughs> oh, it's discipline, isn't it? I know it's getting into mindset. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. You just want to throw on a woolly hat and go right. I'm warm. Let's crack on. Yeah. I've got a down jacket on. I've got my woolly hat on. Let's do it. <laughs> throw on the rab and and crack on. But oh, I mean that place can get worryingly cold. But that that is life in Scotland, I suppose. Um, oh, phenomenal. But I mean. For those, of the, for those of the people at home who haven't really had much experience in climbing, I mean, I think the Olympics this year is going to get a, a massive profile. And, you know, I couldn't be more delighted that they're going to have climbing in Tokyo. I mean, from GB's point of view, we've Shauna Coxie, if anybody's heard of her, check her out on Instagram. She's a, a female climber from, from Yorkshire who's just out of this world. And yeah, again, for those, of, for those of you at home who aren't that experienced in climbing, climbing is not just climbing. There's, there's many disciplines and Keith, you can talk about it a little bit more than I can, but yeah. um, three very simple examples would be bouldering, which is not quite so high, no rope involved. You have lead climbing, which is big high walls with ropes, and then speed climbing, which I believe are the three disciplines at the Olympics. But 
Um, sure, yeah, Bold, yeah maybe you could dive into that a little bit more than me. So Boulder in here climbing without a rope with uh, on mats. Well, there's, there's like spongy mats at the bottom of the um, bottom of the wall. And I think you're, you're climbing to a maximum of about five metres. But bouldering is all about um, technical ability and physical strength. So yeah. the, the boulders are set really um, tough, with big big moves on small holds, etc. When you're when you're competing in bouldering, um, don't let that put you off. If you want to get into climbing. Go to a boulder and wall and start. They've got lots and lots of different grades. Start from very, very easy up to really, really super hard. And the different gradients of wall, we have, you've got a slab which is kind of um, sloping away from you about eight degrees. And then you've got vertical, which is straight up and down. And then you've got walls up to 45, 90 degrees, um, kind of leaning over, which is. Um, where your kind of physical strength comes in, you know, you're, you're holding your body yeah, up, upside down and all this. You can, kind of and you thing. can go on your toilet as well. You can jump in by yourself, yeah. you know. That's, that's uh, exactly. Yeah, you don't you don't need a climbing partner to boulder. Absolutely not. Um, halfway through your session, you'll probably have two or three people that you're climbing with because that's just the nature of a climbing gym. Everybody's really, really friendly and just wants to involve you. Um, lead climbing um, definitely need a, need a climbing partner to lead. You need somebody to be lead you. Um, that's for sure. But um, lead climbing kind of is a progression from top rope climbing where the, the rope is attached to chains at the top of the wall. Your bailey is bailing you as you climb up. Um, speed climbing, you're attached to uh, an auto bailey and you're climbing a, a specific route as fast as you can. Um, I hold the, the world para speed climbing record, 23.2 seconds. Um, which is, is unofficial because they won't officiate it because nobody else is really interested in speed climbing when oh, it comes oh, to para. So that's incredible. Um, I'll, I'll claim that. Um, as what was that set? Was that in Edinburgh? You set that? Yeah, that was that was a couple of years ago. At, wow. Um, one of the para competitions. We have introduced para climbing, uh, para speed, um, just as a kind of come and try thing. So um, if there was anything set, it would be officiated and it would be kind of set in stone kind of thing. But um, they, they didn't. I'm optically fussed to be honest with you because it's, as I say, I'm probably one of the, the only people that is actually interested in speed climbing with a, a physical yeah. disability. So, yeah, world record, the world record, Keith. I'm giving it to you right here. I'm claiming it right now. We're <laughs> on this podcast first. This is, uh, oh dear, power climbing. No, no, um, all, all aspects of climbing are um, really, really easy to get into. So, if, if you do fancy getting into climbing, then go to your local wall and speak to the staff. The staff will be more than a, a accommodating to, to, to take you in for a kind of come and try session or a teaching you how to climb properly session type thing. So every wall will do that. Yeah, 100%. And if it's not um, a funky idea for a first date or if it's not to go down and um, meet people at the climbing wall, if anything, climbing, it sets you over the world. I mean... You know, you can use climbing as an excuse to put you anywhere in the world. I mean, I've been to a few places and I've been fortunate enough to go to Yosemite Valley. For, for anyone who hasn't heard of Yosemite, check it out. It's, it's seen as the, wow, the climbing mecca. I didn't climb there because I'm not good enough. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I walked around and tried not to get eaten by a bear. But um, is there, is climbing take you anywhere specifically? Is there anywhere memorable that you've been with your climbs? To, my, uh, my first competition... My first international competition was in Imst in Austria, wow. and uh, 
you, you need to Google um, Clitorzentrum IMS, which is just phenomenal. It's a big outdoor um, climbing wall um, in the IMS Valley, and you're just surrounded by these fantastically huge mountains on all, all around you. Um, it's just spectacular, and I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll definitely go back. There's also a but the, 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 they've got ski slopes and everything on the mountains like for the really, really high up. But they've got this kind of roller coaster thing, which you, you take the, the chairlift up into the middle of nowhere, and they've got this roller coaster thing that comes down. It's like two and a half miles back down to the, the hotel. Um, it's like five euros. It's fantastic. It was just so much fun. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, what an excuse to travel the world, you know, bring your yeah. gear, bring your equipment, and get out in the mountains. I know. Yeah, even, even when I go on holiday now, I've always got climbing shoes in my bag and a harness. And um, there's, you know, there's always a climbing wall somewhere. Um, I, I, we, we holiday in Lanzarote quite a lot, got friends there. And there's a, there's a climbing wall just opened up in uh, Puerto del Carmen. So um, we, we spent a bit of time there, you know, much to Carol's dismay that uh, um, I want to go climbing in Lanzarote when they're on holiday, just chilling out by the beach and stuff. You're only having um, a few beers and you're out in the, you're out in the rock. Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm off. <laughs> Hanging on the cliff edges. Um, yeah, but you know, that's that's the thing. Once when, once you're into climbing as a sport, there's indoor climbing walls all over the world. There's bouldering walls all over the world and there's rock. The, the planet is yeah. a big rock. So yeah. if you want to climb, you're in the right planet. And going back to commercialising of the sport and, you know, the sort of introduction of these big sponsors you see that's had a positive impact on the sport you know like so i was under megos shauna coxie being sponsored by red bull you've got north face who've, who've come in in a big way patagonia i mean the list goes on i mean yeah um, yeah for me personally all, all the british climbers the sorry no. the, the the british the british climbers molly thompson smith will bosey um, Sean as well, they're all sponsored by Adidas and Adidas are trying to get in, you know, it's like the, the biggest kind of sportswear brand in the world. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're doing really, really well with that and they're promoting the sport in a good way and, you know, in any big corporate sponsors, yeah, a lot of people frown on them and, and think they're only doing it for their own gain, which to a certain extent they probably are, but if you're an athlete and you're sponsored by Red Bull or Adidas or Nike or whoever, you are... Um, one at the top of your game and you're getting a good deal out of it you know the the, the athletes um the will bosey molly thompson smith um they, they all train down at sheffield because it's the kind of the biggest kind of training camp where all the all the, the gb coaches and everything are so um they, they get they get you know they've got the properties paid for and all the rest of it so the, you know they're getting a real good deal deal out of it and um Absolutely. They just live to train because they love the sport. They want it. That's what they want to do. You know, they don't do it because they want to pay Adidas shoes. They do it because they love the sport. Yeah, that's what I was, exactly what I was going to say. I mean, for me, it's it's had a positive impact because it's allowed climbers to go full time. So, not only has it got more exposure to the sport, and you've got big production companies who come on board, like Red Bull and um, yeah. you know North Face and National Geographic, but. Um, it's allowing these guys to train full time, um, guys and women and. Not only that, but that pushes the level of the sport on as well. You know, when you can train full yeah, time, you know yeah, what it's like absolutely. yourself. You know, when you're you're coming home from work and you've got to go to the climbing gym, it's it's a monumental effort, and you're never getting the best out of yourself. And um, these guys being sponsored, it's it's pushing the sport on, and, and the level of this last five years is just it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I, when when I first started kind of competing on the GB squad, I was I was lucky enough to be picked up by Tizos, and um, they they sponsored me for a year, which really really helped me out. Yeah. Um, from from there, I've, I've been sponsored with um, Psyche, um, who are a climbing specific um, manufacturer. They do, they do chalk and climbing climbing bags and stuff like that, and um, a really really ethical business. And I I really in, in enjoy promoting Psyche as a business because I really believe in what they're doing for the for the, the environment and also for the for the climbing community. You know. Um, 100%. They've they've kind of been they've stood by me for the last maybe five years or something like that. Um, just that's just a couple of guys that own it. Ben Ben um, founder, really really nice guy. You, can, you know you couldn't ask for a nicer guy, and he's constantly um, looking for ways to to better the climbing um, facilities. And um, they've, they've they've even changed from like sending everything out. You know how companies send things out in plastic. Yeah. Yeah. everything's paper everything's 100 percent recyclable even down to their, their you know their t-shirts are all organic and um it's all ethically sourced wood that they use for their their, their chalk brushes and just Amazing. simple simple things like that you know that'll make a huge difference and if everybody followed suit then the world would be a, a much better place and um Absolutely. and would you have any advice for any up-and-coming climbers i mean how difficult would it be to get sponsors to, something that you sought out you were sought you know seeking a sponsor or do they do they come to you um, I, I sought sort after Psyche, and Tyson came to me, and I was really lucky that way. Um, I, I guess Tyson, because Tyson had a place in Rathlow, I got to know the guys that worked in the shop and stuff like that. So um, it was a kind of mutual thing, actually, um, with, with, with Tyson. Um, yeah. Just a one year kind of contract, and I was lucky that um, I got that. Anybody coming into to climbing and they're looking for a sponsor, um, get yourself good at climbing and you know put, put yourself out there. Put yourself um, out there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just Instagram is probably um, your best friend if if you're wanting to push yourself and That's look it. for a sponsor. Yeah, take risks. I mean, you know, make some mm -hmm. phone calls. Sometimes a phone call can go a long way. You know, emails yeah, yeah, are great, absolutely. but. You know, phone around and you know, make sure you film yourself, get some footage out there, and you know, just come across in a in a good way, and you never know where you yeah. get. And that's this whole thing. It's you know, no risk, no reward. People are a bit tentative of putting themselves out there, and quite rightly so. Social media is not for everybody, but it's it is a great platform for you know for getting support and um, getting yourself known. And it is a competitive yes. competitive world. It's a competitive market. So you know, the more you can film yourself, you know, the more footage you can get, then you know, the better chance you have of of succeeding and I mean for up and coming climbers now I mean they have plenty of facilities so hopefully we get hopefully yeah. we get this lockdown as soon as possible and um you get back on the walls absolutely you know just talking about that as a, as a paraclimber um paraclimb isn't isn't in the Olympics this year but um the IFSC which is a international federation of sports climbing who kind of they're the governing body for for climbing in the world um they are in the final um, talks with um, the IFSC, with the sorry, the, with the Olympic Committee, um, into getting paraclimbing in California 2028. So, wow. fingers crossed, yeah. fingers paraclimbing crossed. will be in the Olympics in 28. So, it'll be a massive result. If you're a, if you're a kid 
with a disability, you want to get into climbing, you want to be good, you want to get to the Olympics, get into climbing and do it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and there's no better man to preach that. And from having the experience to work alongside you as well, I mean, climbing is so accessible. It is massively accessible to anybody who feels like there's a, a barrier there with um, whether it's a physical or learned disability that they have. I mean, climbing is for everybody. The equipment is yeah, massively yeah, adaptive. Yeah, the people are fantastic. I mean, get yourself down yeah. to the wall and someone will help you out. It, it is. It's, it's probably one of the most inclusive sports that I've ever been involved in. Um, it's changed me as a person, I, I guess, um, for the better as well. Um, it's changed my outlook on, on life, on, on the environment, on the world. And I, I, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't speak more about climbing if I tried because yeah. it's, uh, I, I look at it as kind of my duty to, to help people get into the sport and do well, whether you've got a disability or not. You know, I've, I've got two kids, my, girl, my, my two girls, I've got a 20-year-old Katie and a 14-year-old Charlotte. They both love climbing as well. We don't climb as much as I would like them to, yeah. but they do, they, do, um, they do really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And so how then did the development of the, for those who don't know, the Scottish Paraclimbing Club come along? What was the progression from competitive climber to you know, chairman and, and founder of the Scottish Paraclimbing Club? I um, developed a paraclimbing club because there wasn't any real pathway for anybody with a disability to get into climbing. So up and down the country, there was there was no specific paraclimbing clubs for climbing. So if you look at other sports like, um, say, wheelchair tennis or football or um, wheelchair rugby, wheelchair basketball, they're all kind of specific to people with dis disabilities. There was nothing like that in climbing because paraclimbing, I guess, back when I started, the club was in its infancy. Um, it had only been about for maybe three or four years. And there was only people that maybe parents or friends that climbed got them into climbing. So, you know, the for me, um, starting a paraclimbing club, it was, um, it was just like my next step in my climbing career, so to speak. Um, let's start a club um, for people with disabilities. Let's get as many people involved as we can, volunteer-wise, and let's make it happen. And yourself and a lot of other volunteers did. Um, we've went great guns. You know, the, the club's up to 36 people now. It's fantastic. Yeah. We've got uh, Robert McKenzie, who is one of the um, sports development officers with Climb Scotland. He started the Paraclimbing Club through in Glasgow at uh, the GCC, Glasgow Climbing Centre. Um, wow. Pete Nellis has got a, a club started up in Stirling at Peak. And um, there's a Midlands Paraclimbing Club now. There's London Paraclimbing Club. This is all off the back of the Scottish Paraclimbing Club. Wow. So, Phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it has kind of taken off in, in a really, really good way. And Absolutely. hopefully um, once we get out of this um, COVID situation, we can get back to doing what we've really, really enjoyed doing and grow the sport even more. Oh, 100%. And for those, of, for those of you at home who are who are thinking about starting a club, whether it be a, a disability sport club or, or any sport club, full stop, I mean, what I was overwhelmed at in, in the most positive way imaginable was how many volunteers came forward for the club uh, on its infancy once oh, it was yeah, started yeah, we were, 
people were well, straight in. So lucky. I mean, you 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 know, even even yourself. I think when Jamie and I got in touch with you, you you, you said, "Yeah, come along." I'm, I'm, you know, you were you were really up for it. And um, I think um, my first two volunteers was uh, sorry, your, my first three yourself, Adam and uh, Emma. And um, from there, it's just it's just grown. And you know, I put an advert out on. I think it was in January or the February of 2018. Yeah. And we had like 20 people coming Incredible. along and, and wanting to get involved. Um, granted, not all of them could commit to what, what I was asking, but um, out of that 20, we got like, I don't know, 15 um, volunteers who no. were, yeah, the, you know, the, the, they were up for um, going through the training and uh, the disclosure checks and all the rest of it that um, yeah. we do for all our volunteers. and. You know, it was it was it was great, and the club is absolutely fantastic now. Amazing, amazing group of people, and it just shows you what's possible. As soon as you start something and, and you build something, then other people will take notice, as you said. And how many clubs have, have come to the back of it like straight away? You know, just by maybe inspiring others and showing people that it is possible, then all of a sudden, you know, half a dozen pop up in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yes. And you know, I, I, I kind of reflect and I look back and I think, you know, I've, I've, I've done pretty well here. I've, I've, I've done that and I've, I've kind of put Paraclimber on the map here. This is this is a good thing. Yeah, 100%. yeah I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my journey so far and hopefully um, hopefully I've got a few more years to to go to. Yeah, 100%. And particularly if Paraclimber did make it into the Olympics, you know, you could imagine whether it be a, a Scottish, a, a British, Irish climber coming through and you know, pushing towards that Olympic spot, you know, now's the time to get involved, yeah. you know, now is the time. Oh, absolutely. You can pick up climbing pretty quickly, you know, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, climbers now are, they're full athletes, there's, there's no question about it, but, you know, seven years is enough time to, you know, to develop into a climber. And oh, definitely. Yeah, without possible. a doubt, without a doubt. You know, if, 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 if somebody came along to the club and says, you know, I want to be a paraclimber, I want to climb in the Olympics, there's nobody that would push them more than I would tell you. You know, it's that 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 would be a, a kind of dream to to have somebody from the Scottish Paraclimbing Club climbing in the Olympics. That would be amazing. That would be really would be so proud. Oh, I can't even imagine. And speaking of climbing competitively, I mean, how did you find competing? Did you were you able to sort of flick that switch? What I find incredible about climbers is they're the most laid back, humble, friendly individuals, and then you put them in a climbing wall, they flick a switch. And they are, they're animals. They are athletes yeah. and they can just put their body through things you wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine were possible. I mean, do you, do you have to get into a zone when you climb? Are you a relaxed climber or can you just flip that switch and you're just locked in? I, I found it quite hard to flick that switch. I know what you're talking about. You, you, yeah. Watch Will Bosey climb a lot and he is the, the most laid back, humble person off the wall. But as soon as he's on the wall, he's a different person. It reminds me of how I was when I played ice hockey. Yeah. Um, as soon as I stepped on that ice, it was like something switched in my head and I turned into this <laughs> absolute crazed lunatic. <laughs> and um, but oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I remember my my first kind of real competition was down in Sheffield, and it was uh, it was like the a European Cup or something like that, and. I was really, really nervous. You know, I was shaking like a leaf. And um, it was when one of my, one of my friends, um, Joe, Joe Bennett, came up to me. She's like, you know, just, just breathe deep breaths and get up to the wall and just touch the wall and think, work out the first three or four moves, deep breaths in between the moves, 
and just relax. And you know, she was right. Um, as soon as I made the first three or four moves, I got into the zone and I uh, managed to relax my body and you yeah. know, do quite well. But I've never, I've never, um, I've never experienced nerves like that before in my life. Don't know oh. where they came from. I've never been one to be nervous, but yeah. I guess you know. I think it was I, I wanted to do really well, and I was just putting myself under so much pressure to do well. And it's it's difficult. It's difficult, especially with climbing. It's to find that balance between adrenaline and you want to get yourself psyched up and you want to be up for it, but also you don't want to overdo it and burn yourself out before you you get on the wall. You want to stay relaxed. Yeah. You want to stay methodical and you want to have a clear um, a clear head because, as we talked about already, you know you're solving problems on the wall as well as putting your body through that physical exertion and you've got to have a clear head, but you've also got to, you know, be willing to push yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when they're setting routes for, especially for competitions, you, you've really got to read the route. You've got to know what hands going where, what foot's going where, how your body position is, is going to alter where you're holding the hold, how you're holding the hold. And, you know, yeah. it, is, it, is a, it is a game of Tetris. It really is. <laughs> oh, it is a phenomenal sport. Well, Keith, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. It is great to see you. Um, yeah, it's so nice much. to see you again. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure coming on. Um, what I'll do is I will link uh, the Scottish Paraclimbing Club on the description below. And for those of you who are interested in climbing, I urge you to contact your local sports governing body, local council. Um, look, get involved. It's a fantastic sport. And if you're, you know, if if you're up in Scotland and you really want to get involved in climbing, look up Scotch Paraclimbing Club. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you want to give us a shout, it's a Scotch Paraclimbing Club at gmail.com. Or if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'm Scotch Paraclimber. Um, just look me up. And if you want to ask any questions, give me a shout. Don't mind. Good man. Absolute pleasure, Keith. Cheers, Thank Andrew. You so much. Gentlemen. Take it easy, mate. Thanks. Cheerio.